Resilient Disciples podcast, powered by Owana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. I don't know about you, but one of the more persistent issues I've had during this pandemic is that I've shrunken God. What I mean by that is partially because of the ways in which my own world has gotten smaller during lockdowns, I've reduced God's sovereignty. And I have to be reminded and encouraged about just how big our God is. And maybe that's true for you too. So I'm going to share with you a series of conversations all about child discipleship in the coming weeks, primarily focused on discipleship outside the borders of the United States. Today's episode is in two parts, beginning with Steve Cahoon, and later you'll hear from Gajendra Tamang. Both of these men are global vice presidents for Awana. Gajendra serves in South Asia, and Steve serves in more of an operations role, covering all of what God is up to throughout the world. And we start the conversation with Steve. He developed his heart for serving the nations during a trip to India, and he joined me from his home in Georgia. So you're going to hear us, as two Americans, talk about what child discipleship looks like around the world. And we referenced this during the conversation, but just to be really clear, Awana is radically focused about empowering and lifting up local leaders who can best contextualize what discipleship looks like to their region of the globe. And if you listen to this entire episode, you're going to hear an example of what that looks like with Gajendra and his ministry. Thank you for being here and checking out today's conversation. This is episode 18 of season two of the Resilient Disciples podcast. Once you become passionate about reaching and discipling children, you see that we don't perpetuate the gospel without that. Mm. That it, that becomes that becomes the center of everything that you think about, everything that you do. You know, you can feed children, you can clothe them, you can educate them, but you know, if they don't know Christ, then all of that really doesn't matter for eternity. Yep. 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 Not that those things are not important; they're important. <laughs> no, of yeah. course. I wanted to approach this conversation and make sure that it wasn't just uh, two guys agreeing with each other for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. The investment in child discipleship is the most important investment you can have in the entire church context. And in a moment where everyone is having to reevaluate what it means to be a part of a church body, what it means to do church when we all can't physically meet in a building in the same way we could, it's so critical that we don't lose sight of the most important conversation, which is about the future of the faith. And I, I'm so grateful that Awana's heart posture, from what I can tell, has seemingly always been, you know, elevating uh, nationals, making sure that the local leader is the one who's doing the ministry and folks like you are supporting them. Because I feel like not only is it biblically right, it's just, it's the most effective in discipleship. Are there any differences in discipleship country to country? Are there any differences in, uh, what discipleship would look like? Because you are someone who has seen discipleship happen all around the world. I would say that d- discipleship is um, is very similar yeah. from from place to place. Once a person comes to know Christ as their Savior, then we the next step is to grow in our faith. And how do we grow in our faith? We teach them God's Word. We we uh, help them to mem- learn to memorize God's Word. And to uh, have fun doing that. Discipleship really is very, very similar from place to place. Do you feel like people understand that? My perception, and maybe this is just my own flawed perception, is that folks believe 
that it's a different process around the world or that it's a different country. Do you feel I think, like I think yeah, you're okay. right because people don't understand sometimes that we're more alike than we are different. I feel like I was presented false choices when I was coming up in in context of you can either care about you know your community at home, you can care about the sort of domestic issues. I spent most of my time in Chicago, right? And people would say, be invested in the South side of Chicago rather than a slum halfway around the world. Can you speak to the ways in which that is a false choice, but also the ways in which a largely domestic audience can participate in what God is up to halfway around the world? Have you seen that play out in the context of your career? Yeah. So I think that you're right. I think that people think that it's all or nothing as far as, you know, being engaged or involved with reaching people outside uh, your context or outside your country. But clearly God's word tells us that, you know, reach that uh, our Jerusalem, Samaria, and Judea, and the uttermost parts of the world. It doesn't mean one or the other or two of the four, but it actually means everything. It yeah. means all of it to some degree. And, uh, and we can all as Christians participate in that uh, by, by uh, being a part of the local church and helping the local church to adopt the mission that I believe the Lord ha- had us to adopt. And that is that it's all of it. It's all of our responsibility. And to some degree, we can be a part of everything God is doing at home, in our state, in our country, and around the world. Totally. And I, and I hope, especially during a time where we've all kind of had the normal stripped away, I hope that if you are a church that hasn't necessarily had that perspective, that you are able to do the things right now to implement that as a sort of make it a part of the water of your church. Because when you do, you are more accurately reflecting God's heart uh, for the power of the local church. Agreed. It shouldn't be a competition within the church. And sometimes yeah. you see that, but, and sometimes church members themselves get frustrated because, Hey, we have all these needs here at home and, and our church's mission committee or mission arm is all focused on this country, you know, way, way far away. And I think there's a, there's a balance. I think yeah. there's a medium because, you know, if we don't understand missions at home, I don't think we can really begin to understand missions elsewhere. And I find that the longer that I'm part of the kingdom, the more that I see the ways in which people try to say no to uh, serving a population. And the more that we can be like, that's not really a thing, right? Like you can just say yes, right? Like it, it can be the same. You, by not making that choice, by not treating it like a this or that, you are helping serve God's broader story. You are helping reach kids with the hope of Jesus who otherwise would not have had any hope, but you can see the impact of discipleship so clearly, so vividly uh, in the, some of the ministry areas that you serve. Do you have any uh, particular stories or examples that come to mind of what you've seen God be up to uh, recently in the context of the coronavirus and discipleship? I was just talking with our director in Bangladesh this morning and uh you know, they're talking about trying to put some of our content on chips still for the old flip phones, which they're still using in the in the rural areas in Bangladesh. Oh, because wow. you know, simply the 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 four G or five G certainly is yeah. not available in those parts. So we have to kind of adapt ourselves to the technology. 
you know, that's available in that particular country or in that particular area. But, you know, we, we know that uh, we've been able to work with a church planner group in northern India. The pandemic can't lock the gospel down. It can't shut the gospel down. So, you know, uh, God has always done his greatest work in times of the greatest oppression. Mm. And, and no matter what is thrown at the gospel, the gospel always prevails. We've seen the gospel continue to move forward in ways that we never imagined. We've got Awana on television stations in the Philippines. You know, we've so, got, yeah. we've got a, you know, Awana programming done there. Uh, you know, we, uh, we've seen Bible quizzing done over, uh, you know, virtually uh, yeah. in Nepal and in South Korea online. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And <laughs> hey, you know, they're, they're going for it. So uh, we continue to see things happen. Uh, we're still working in remote areas in Papua New Guinea, for example. Uh, that work has not slowed down. In fact, it has accelerated there. And uh, people are desperate. They're, they really are hungry for the gospel. You know, and if you are someone who's listening to this who is not feeling uh, motivated, you know, who's riding the Corona coaster, um, as I like to call it, and you're feeling pretty low on the on the pandemic right now. Like I get it, been there, been there yesterday, right? Like, but the to get invested in child discipleship is inherently hopeful work. You are someone who has yeah. been invested in child discipleship for most of your adult working career. Have have you have you found that to be true? The hopefulness that comes with child discipleship, even though this current moment feels uh, pretty dark. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from the moment that I first started getting involved with uh, with children's ministry, I could sense that 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 was an area that not many people, especially men in the U.S. Yeah. anyway, yeah. really were drawn to and wanted to be a part of. But but the kids needed that influence of a godly man in their life. Uh, from the from the first time I was asked to walk into a kid's classroom, I could sense that that was the place to be at the church that children's ministry was the place to go. And if you really wanted to impact a person's life, uh, that that is where you should be working. And, you know, we had mentioned it earlier, but I think it's, it's important to go back to that. Um, you know, people are hearing you and I talk because you are invested in helping you. I believe the words you use uh, when we first started this conversation was coming alongside local leaders and people who are, uh, closer to the ground of child discipleship and figuring out ways to support them. And I do believe it's one of the reasons why Awana as a program is more is as successful as it is, is because we aren't trying to be overly programmatic or trying to be overly method focused or overly prescriptive might be the right way to say it for a country yeah. uh, when we don't necessarily have all the context. Like I think that elevating the local leaders proves in the pudding. Like it's the way we've always done it and it's worked. Yeah, we just we offer our materials open handedly to our uh, teams and we say, you know, contextualize these, make them work in your setting. Uh, one specific example was in Bangladesh. You know, we we had a, a three year curriculum that uh, our um, our leaders were working with there and they said, you know, this is really too much. This is too much for our kids. It's too much for our leaders. And, and here's what we want to do. We want to turn the three years into six years. And this is how we want to divide it. And we just say, hey, go for it. Right. It's yours. You know, this is, this is, you know how to contextualize it. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm back. Before we get to my conversation with Gajendra, I wanted to let you guys know about an event that's happening on February 16th. You can learn all the details via the link in the show notes, but this is a free event from Awana called Developing a Child's Heart for the Nations. I want you to check out more information in the show notes, but if you are someone who is resonating with this, either because you are someone like Steve, who has always had a heart for what God is up to around the world, or you're someone like me, who that has been more of a struggle for you to remember just how big our God is, this event is for you. Register today. Even if you're not sure you're going to be able to make the event, I would highly encourage you to register because afterwards, we're going to send you a replay link so you can watch the event at your own convenience and more than a dozen free downloadable resources. And that matters because we know that teaching kids what it means to have a heart for the nations, teaching kids the concept of being in a family with people outside their homes and showing love to them can be a difficult one to grasp. And as always, we are here to serve you, the local loving, caring adult who is doing the work of discipling the kids in your community. So check out the event. I'll be there. I would love to see you online. And now here's my conversation with Gajendra Tamang. So COVID-19 has significantly affected the way we do ministry. Uh, So we are currently running virtual Awana clubs. So COVID is moving digital strategy forward faster than we ever thought. We experienced lockdown uh, for a long period of time. In some countries, it was eight months, some country nine months. And uh, some of the countries, uh, they had, uh, you know, lesser time. But uh, in some extent, all the countries in South Asia, we experienced the lockdown. So okay. that has really affected uh, us, uh, you know, physically, mentally, uh, you know, socially. So uh, the first two weeks of lockdown, we didn't know what to do. We were just <laughs> sure. stuck there. And the first time they said it's going to be just for two weeks, but they kept on extending it, you right. know. When the two weeks over, they said another one month. But our experience, the first week, we were stuck. We, we did not know what to do. We started with few kids who can speak English in Kathmandu and some kids from India. Then the, the, the next time we did it um, again in Nepali language, only for Nepali kids, so more than 500 kids attended that um, uh, uh, Yeah, we realized that the kids and the parents, they are locked down inside their house. They have nothing to do. <laughs> so that was a good time to have a discipleship at home. Yeah. And that was the first time we could involve the parents. Usually only Awana leaders used to do Awana now. So kids yeah. are being discipled. Uh, you know, at home. That's how we started. And then we realized it works. We can do. We started a virtual Awana club. Okay. Every week. 
And even if the life becomes normal, now we are going to continue the virtual Awana Club. And it's really going well. Uh, we have uh, every uh, week, little over 100 devices connected. Wow. And in, in one device, you have 40, 30 kids sometimes, 20 kids in a group. It's an orphan home. It's a church. So when you say 100 devices, that means many kids. Wow. It's a couple hundred. That's um, amazing. We also started, uh, um, you know, talking with the pastors because uh, those pastors were lonely. They were mm. locked down, um, you know, and they cannot share their feeling with everybody. So yeah. our missionaries a good time to talk with uh, the individual pastors. Yeah, that is so encouraging to hear. And there's you gave um, such a great summary of a pretty unfair question for me to ask you to just talk about an entire nation, an entire people group, an entire region of the world. And you did a great job. So thank you. Um, one of the things that I think is so important for people to understand about that is everything you just described. The people who are listening to this podcast went through the same process, whether you uh -huh. were in Iowa or uh -huh. uh, I believe you're coming to me from Nepal. Is that correct? That's correct. Great. Uh, and I would hope that folks understand that when we talk about child discipleship, when we talk about being a loving, caring adult, that uh -huh. it is the same no matter where you are. You were showing up for kids. You were showing up and, and being there in the ways that it makes sense for your community and your context. Because one of the things that I think is really helpful that you said was about how you were able to minister to some of the pastors and some of the leaders. But can you describe a little bit how what life was like before COVID? Were you always interacting with families? Were you always interacting with pastors? What did that look like before the pandemic? Uh, okay, that, that's, a, that's a good question. If I look back, my schedule was so tight mm. and I had been traveling all the times. So with my new role, I had to travel a lot. I realized that uh, I used to travel to U.S. Uh, four or five times in a year, oh, wow. uh, which is a 22 hours <laughs> flight from here. Yeah. So, and then on the top of that, I was traveling to all the countries here in South Asia. After the COVID, I realized that, uh, you know, even we could have, we can accomplish some of the things without traveling that much. Mm, sure. So in, you know, I had a Zoom meeting with some of our donors. I had a Zoom meeting with some of our core team. And uh, it was good for me that now I could slow down and I had more time. I could spend more time in prayer yeah. uh, individually and then with my family. And then I could spend more time with my family, which they really appreciate. <laughs> and now I'm sure uh, I used to 
have a meeting with my team, you know, once in a three month or once in a month. But now uh, with this uh, Zoom, I can see them every day. And so these are some of the things uh, that uh, has been changed. No, that, that absolutely makes sense. Because I think it's important for folks to understand it's part of what makes an organization like Awana unique, right? That, you know, we have people who are able to invest in you and you are able to not only invest in the kids that are part of your ministry and the kids that are part of the areas that you serve, but those leaders and those pastors uh-huh. and people who, frankly, like you were alluding to, uh, can often wind up doing pretty lonely work. And you're able to come alongside them and encourage them and support them on what God has for them. Now, you had spoken about um, having hundreds of kids on an online Zoom. Can you just list off for us, you know, the countries that you serve? So it's uh, six countries. It's uh, Nepal, Bhutan, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, India, and Bangladesh. Gotcha. How many, roughly, would you say, how many kids are part of your ministry? Here, uh, our impact is now uh, we are reaching over 1.1 million children and youth, wow. uh, uh, which is, uh, which uh, let me say, 18,118 churches. Praise uh, God. That's amazing. It, 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 the ministry opportunity here is really great. It's big. We have children everywhere. Yeah. You know, you can see children on uh, the roadside, in the railway station, you know, on the footpath, uh, the schools, um, in the marketplaces. We see that God has given us this wonderful opportunity to reach out to these children through Awana ministry. Yeah. And when I look at these kids, uh, you know, I always ask the question, I'm not sure how many of them are saved. Mm. How many of them know Jesus Christ personally? Yeah. Uh, maybe few of them knows Jesus. Uh, sometimes maybe none of them know Jesus. Uh, but it's always our heart's desire that they might be saved. And we are praying sincerely that God uh, is going to prepare a next generation, a godly generation who would serve God, means who would know God, who would love God, and who would serve God here in South Asia. Amen. So that, that's our dream. What I hope people from a largely domestic in, in the confines of the states here is not only the the challenge that comes with reaching kids who are in railway stations or who are on corners, but the opportunity to change the direction of a country. Because mm-hmm. if you are reaching a million kids with the hope of the gospel every single week, you think about how those kids are going to grow up and the difference that the love of Jesus is going to make in their lives as they become the leaders of the church and the culture of 2050 and beyond. I would imagine that there's some people who are listening to us talk. They're excited about the opportunity. They're excited about what God is up to. You know, we should be clear that 
we're talking within the context of Awana because this is the program that you and I know. But what we're really talking about is discipleship. Awana has given you tools to reach kids with the hope of the gospel. What would you say to someone who feels like they want to support you, but it feels almost too big? They don't know where to start. What, you know, how can a, someone who's just listening to a podcast be a part of what God is doing in your ministry? Well, let me start this way. I really get excited when I think about what South Asia looked like after 10 years, in 15 mm. years. Especially when these over 1 million kids grow up as a strong believer. We are actually transforming a nation. You're helping us to transform the whole nation. Because we're dreaming about the next generation, a nation after 10 years and 15 years. So you can help us, you know, uh, a $10, your $10 will help us to disciple a child somewhere here in South Asia. $10 will allow us to disciple one child the whole year. You are actually helping us to transform the whole nation mm. by transforming one life. The Resilient Disciples Podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk next week.